When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Episode 41. Welcome to the Lose the Cape podcast, where we get real with busy moms and talk about how they survive their daily juggle. If you are a busy mom who believes in the idea of moms helping moms with tips, tools, and resources to survive, this is the podcast for you. All right. Welcome back to another podcast episode, Lose the Cape Realities from Busy Modern Moms and Strategies to Survive is the name of our book. Our Lose the Cape podcast talks to busy moms and tries to bring some sanity back into our lives every day. Today, we're talking to Liz Thompson. Um, she is an editor, so I get to work with her on a regular business on a regular basis through my writing business. But she likes to help writers find and refine their voice so they can share their stories with the world. Which um, any of y'all who are bloggers know how important it is getting your story and your message out. So she says whether she's dealing with fiction, nonfiction, business, or academic, she wants to help um, bring your story to life. She's also a mom because that's kind of the only prerequisite to be on this podcast, really, <laughs> except in certain situations. So uh, she lives in San Antonio, Texas with her husband, and they have a blended family with five kids, a one-eyed Yorkie, which we'll have to talk about, poor thing. Um, and then like all of us who are balancing and do and dealing with the struggle of the daily juggle, she's usually cooking, doing laundry, or washing uh, oops, sorry, that says wishing. <laughs> Probably washing something that too, too. <laughs> wishing she was editing. So thanks, Liz, for being with us. It's a, a lot of fun to get to interview my friends. <laughs> yes, thanks for having me. I'm a fan, so I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Oh, yay. All right. So what did I miss? What else what else what else is else is going on in, in your life? What was in your much shortened uh, bio? <laughs> I know. You asked me for a bio and I wrote a book. That's <laughs> That's the problem with uh, me. I think I, I'm, I'm used to lots of words. Um, so, yeah, I, like I said, I have a blended family, five kids. Um, one is mine. I brought one to the party, and my husband has four. Wow. Um, and I, yeah, my life is 100% different than it was a year ago, like totally opposite. Um, but the kids live with us full time. His children do. And so I'm raising the kids full time. Um, doctor's appointments, school, um, yeah. therapy appointments, all of it. I do all of it. So I went from one, from being a kind of a single mom of one child, uh, working full time to stay at home with five. And that's oh, been wow. a huge change in my life. So you've, you've only been married for a year? Is that we got married a little, yeah, a little over a year ago. Last, um, April, uh, I guess, yeah, April will be two years. Oh, wow. Um, so, so, yeah. Newlyweds, but an immediate instant family. It was so funny because we got married and came home from our honeymoon, and I was home with five kids during the summer. Mm. I had yeah, never spent a change. summer with one. <laughs> that <laughs> now it's with five. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, um, yeah, it was an adjustment. <laughs> wow. So, uh, what do you think the hardest part of that is going from, and how old are all the kids? I got to know. Yeah, so uh, we have 18, 13, two 11-year-olds and a nine-year-old. 
Wow. And so a well, pretty big range. Yeah. But all of them are older. So at least you're not changing diapers. I'm not changing. I don't think I could have done it. Yeah, that would have been crazy. <laughs> I am not a huge baby person. <laughs> I loved my baby, but yes, I don't yes. know that I could do multiple babies. But that would be really hard. I get that. Um, so how did that, how did his children adjust to you, especially with some of them in the older teens? Yeah, really, you know, actually very well. He has amazing kids. They have, they're really, very, um, very sweet, very welcoming, very warm kids. So I got lucky there. I've never had a moment where they're like, you're not my mom, you know, so that's really nice. That's good. Um, but, you know, what's interesting is um, when we were engaged, um, he had to go and um, get custody. Their situations got out of hand. Um, um, and so he ended up getting custody of the kids while we were engaged. So we were going through court dates and all of that. Wow. They were interviewing me because we were, we were getting married. And so they wanted to make sure that, you know, me coming into the picture. And so we were awarded custody of his kids the week after we got back from our honeymoon. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like the, yeah, a surprise. <laughs> Um, but I knew that that was what we were doing when we were engaged. So I was really supportive of it. It's a, we have a better environment for the kids, uh, now. And, um, and so it was the right thing to do, but I also knew I had to quit my job and I was working full time in corporate and that was really difficult to, although I was ready for a change, I had built a career. And as a single mom, we like to know that we're independent and that we can support ourselves. And I had already always support. I mean, I was a single mom for 10 years. We got, I got divorced wow. when my son was born. Wow. So um, being, letting go of that financial independence was a really tough a transition for me. Uh, so I think it was a harder transition for me than it was for the kids. The kids kind of just jumped right into it. Mm -hmm. And um, they call me Liz, but they see me as their mom. I do all the mom stuff for them. Cupcakes at school, you know, teacher, parent conferences, all that kind of good stuff. So I do all of it. And so they, they adjusted well. It was a harder adjustment on me than it was on them, I think. Yeah. Well, you're really lucky that they, um, you, you hear so many horror stories about stepkids and stepmoms and yep. situations like that. So <laughs> I, I did get very lucky in that, situ in that sense because it could have been really, really difficult. And, and it, there are still difficulties just because of the situation that we have. But it would be so much more difficult if the kids and I didn't get along or if the kids were not accepting or if my son wasn't happy. Yeah. It would just, it would have been really harder. So now how, uh, what sexes are his kids? Uh, there, we have one girl. The rest are all boys. So we have four boys and a girl. <laughs> yes. And yes. It gets worse. Now how, Lord help me. <laughs> how old is, I mean, uh, what age is the girl? 13. Oh my gosh, Liz. Yes. You know how to just take a <laughs> I know. I drink a lot of wine. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, hopefully she's sweet. <laughs> she is. She's very sweet. They're all very sweet. But you know, there are two of them are teenagers and yeah. three of the boys, they don't know what it means to pee inside the toilet. You know, yes. it's, they hit everything around the toilet. So, it, it, you know, there's problems at every age, age that yeah. I deal with. That's true. Oh my goodness. So now what on earth made you decide in the midst of all of this that you wanted to launch your own business as an editor? <laughs> that is a great question. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> no, well, because <laughs> I keep doing crazy things too. So. Right. I know we do it to ourselves and then wonder how, why it happens. Um, no, actually it was, um, so I, you know, went to college. Education was a big deal to me and I 
um, had a, a career. I was a single mom, but I never really identified with kind of the, with the, the preconceived notions of what single, you know, struggling single mom, trying to make ends meet. I was never in that category. I had a really good job. I made six figures. I was working my way up the ladder. I was very um, ambitious. I really wanted to kind of like become the next CEO of the company. And I saw myself there. And um, the last couple of years of uh, my, my job where I worked, I worked there for about 11 to 12 years. And I, it became very clear that there was definitely kind of a, a glass ceiling for women, um, especially young women. Um, and I was, I was one of the youngest and in, in, I was in, in the level of management that I was in. And it just was getting increasingly more frustrating. So I was ready for a change. Um, when we got married and got custody of the kids, we decided, you know, staying home was probably the best. My husband is an executive at the same company. That's where we met. And it wasn't, I mean, financially, it didn't make sense for him to leave his job. It, you know, I made less money, so it made sense for me to stay home. And so I did. And I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of um, an overachiever and I have very, a lot of confidence in myself. And so I thought, I got this. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to be like the best stay-at-home mom ever. Like I'm going to like show these <laughs> Pinterest moms who's boss. Right. <laughs> I did. I had like high expectations. I think within about three months, I was ready to like pull my hair out of my head. Um, <laughs> well, especially with four boys. Oh my yes, gosh. It's my, crazy. My, my mother-in-law has four boys. My husband's the third of four. And um, I see what that did to her. <laughs> it's <laughs> not. It's so hard. It's much harder than I expected it to be. Um, and not that I wasn't busy enough. I was super busy. I mean, so right. our five kids are in four different schools. Oh. So the driving, the picking up, the teacher appreciation weeks, like literally are like hell on earth for me. And poor teachers, you know, deserve to be appreciated. But it was just so hard to get to four different schools, yeah. four different classrooms. Anyways, and so I, and I knew that I just needed more, not that I needed to be busier, but I needed to use my brain. I mean, I was like on like, single syllable words after that. Like I was like, no, stop it. No, don't do that. And so I just needed to use my brain more. I was not being fulfilled from like a adult woman perspective in, in a way. And I, my mom was a stay at home mom her whole life, never had a job outside of the home and she loved it. That's all she wanted to do. So I think there's a place for that. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that pretty quickly. And so I really started brainstorming what I could do. And I went even as far as like looking for job, like data entry jobs, mm-hmm. something that I could do from home that made me a little bit of money just to feel like I'm getting my financial independence back and use my brain in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started thinking about what is the job, my dream job? What is a job that I would love to do? And I always joke that I would love to get paid to read. Um, I have two masters in English and literature, and I did it just because I enjoy reading. I enjoy English. I enjoy, and, and I had done a lot of editing in the past, but not professionally. And so um, I thought, well, what about that? What about editing? And so I just kind of went down that path of exploring that a little bit further and started my business. Just like that. It just kind of like happened. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, but you know, when things happen very quickly, sometimes you get confirmation that you're in the right space. Yeah. Um, and so you're like, okay, then this is, this is good confirmation that I'm doing the right thing, that I'm doing what I should be doing. And yeah. I love it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. And then you were able to hook up with um, some good contacts and, and yes. really go forward quickly. So. Yep. 
almost better. off the bat. And it's good because, you know, I never did this. I mean, thankfully I'm in a position where I like, I never did this for the money. So that was never a big motivator. It was, it was, it feels good to be able to make my own money because as I was, you know, divorced young and my husband is on, is divorced and we're on a second marriage. So you like always want to have that, that backup plan. You just, you know, <laughs> you want that security, especially as a woman. Um, you want that security is important mm -hmm. to you. And so having something that I do outside of just taking care of the family, although that's not, not anything small, I do, I do like having something on the side that I get to do and that I enjoy doing and that provides me a sense of security. So how do you structure your day then? Because obviously mornings are crazy, getting five kids to school. Then do you just work while they're at school and that's it? Or do you work early in the morning, late at night? How, how, do, how do you make it all work? Because I'm sure there's a lot of homework to help with as well. And Yes, food for it is. Oh my people. gosh, for an army. <laughs> yeah, for an army. It's crazy. I, I feed a lot of people. Um, I, Primarily, I work when they're at school. Um, I do some nights once they kind of settle down or they're going getting ready for bed. I'll, depending on my workload, I'll do some, some nighttime stuff. But primarily, I work about between like 9 and 3. I start pickups at 3 o'clock, and I work between those hours. Summer was a little bit more hectic because they were here all the time. Right. Um, but I, I just try to find pockets where I can do this. I also don't want, and my husband doesn't want, where this kind of takes over my life. And now I'm like, okay, now I don't have time for anything else. Right. So I want, I want to still enjoy it. And so I do limit the number of clients I take um, on any given time. So that way I give them the attention that they need. And I'm not creating, a, you know, a nightmare in my schedule. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, morning is I get the kids off to school. During the day I work um, and then start pickups and make dinner and homework and all that kind of all that kind of stuff happens in the afternoon yeah craziness mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned that you limit your clients so who is your ideal client and um, how, how have you been finding them and how do you know if they're a good fit for your lifestyle um, well I have been really lucky where all of my clients have come through word of mouth or referrals um, so that's been really nice. I, I, uh, I haven't had the necessity of doing marketing or any ads or anything like that quite yet. I'm sure it'll come when I get to that point. But uh, my ideal client is really, I'm looking for writers that want, that write fiction and nonfiction. Those are kind of my two specialties. Um, I've done some business um, and academic, but fiction and nonfiction is where I think I do my best work. Um, in terms of where I find it, well, I'll take a step back. The ideal client is one that is passionate about what they're writing, but that they are willing to consider a different perspective in their writing. Um, a, some, some clients um, have approached me and are not very willing to make changes or not very willing to consider a different perspective. And that just doesn't work well for editor and, you know, writer relationship, obviously. Um, but the way that I find them and the way that I know whether or not they're a good fit for me is I typically offer a free chapter review. Mm -hmm. And so they'll send me one chapter of their book and I'll edit it as if I'm editing their book completely and send it back to them with my feedback. If once they look at it and go, yeah, this is somebody I can work with, this makes sense, or, oh, I hate how she edited this, I don't want to talk to her ever again, then it makes sense for us. We can, you know, we can make that decision based on, on that. And I also don't do flat fees, flat rates. I, it's based on the level of editing people need. Some people are fantastic writers and they don't need a lot of work. And so I don't charge them what I would charge somebody who is a new writer and is still finding their voice. Mm -hmm. So having that chapter review really helps me assess 
pricing as well as whether or not we're a fit. And it's a mutual decision, right? So they have to decide that I'm a good fit for them as well. Yeah, that's, that's a great way to do it. That's super smart. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So with managing your business and trying to fit this in, have you ever had, well, how long, when did you start your business? I started officially in June of this year. So just okay, like so three months. months. Yeah. yeah it's so new. Have you had anybody who like you thought was going to be a good fit and then they wound up being psycho or <laughs> crazy about that? Yeah, well, not good? psycho, but certainly I've learned, you know, I think starting a business um, is also a learning process. You learn about yourself. You learn, oh, I should never do that again. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, these are the people that I can and can't work with or, you know, whatever. And I did have a situation where I took on a client who had asked me to edit it was a it was a, a a nonfiction book, and had asked me to skip over certain parts of the book because you know he did not want me to edit certain pieces, and I agree. And he wanted it very very fast, and so I agreed, mainly for the for the sense of like let me help him out, and also it'll help me get some more experience too. And unfortunately, at the end of the day, when you go, so I, I think a lot of new writers don't know this, but when you go from a private pub, uh, editor to a publishing house, the publishing house will always put an editor on the book mm-hmm. and they'll always re-edit it. Mm-hmm. And if you give your manuscript to five different people, it's going to come back five different ways because mm-hmm. editing is quite subjective. And Absolutely. so they edited the entire book, including the sections that he asked me to skip over. And of course, in his, his perception was you did not do a good enough job. And that was really hard. That was kind of a, when you're starting a business and somebody's not happy, it's kind of a, punch in the gut um, a little bit. Yeah. But the I learned one, expectations weren't really realistic in terms of what he was going to get in that short period of time, as well as skipping over sections of the book. My takeaway was don't ever do that. <laughs> like yeah. you either edit the book or you don't. I think you and I talked about a situation where it's like just skip past the second the second um, edit, the second round and you know, you either do it all right or you don't do it. And so right. that was a really good lesson for me in terms of like timelines and what to expect and what to accept from, from client requests and what I can't say no to. Yeah. Well, that was a good learning lesson then. <laughs> it was, it was very good, but you know, writers are very creative. You're a writer, very mm-hmm. creative people. And so sometimes with creativity comes, you know, not always present when they're having these discussions about like what their expectations are and then they don't remember it sometimes. So yeah, always remember having that in writing is always good. Absolutely. And I was talking to um, Vanessa Matthews, who's a mindset coach yesterday. Mm-hmm. For, um, she's going to be, uh, I interviewed her for a course that I have coming up for writers. And um, we were talking about how once you write your story and you release it to the world, it's not really your story anymore because everybody perceives things differently. So I, I guess I relate that to, to the fact that um you know, when you read it, you see it differently than them. And some writers have a really hard time letting go of what they want you to, to read yeah. the story, you know? So I imagine, That's absolutely true. I imagine you'll get some of that along the way where you edit somebody and they're like, well, that changes the entire meaning. And exactly, <laughs> exactly. And you know, my job is really like, I look at it, I have one, um, one book that I'm editing right now and he uses, certain phrases that people in the South would get, but uh-huh. people outside the South would not get, you know, it'd be really hard, like, you know, bless your heart. And <laughs> um, I'm Southern, so I understand that. But um, 
those are the things that you just advise the client about. Hey, listen, think about this. Think about, you know, how other people are going to perceive that. But it's really up to them. It's their story. It's their words. They decide whether to accept changes or not accept changes. And I don't take it personally when they just say, I don't like the way you, you know, worded this or I don't want to change what I said. You know, it's their book. Yeah. Exactly. At the end of the day. Exactly. So speaking of the end of the day, um, what is the most challenging part of your day? Is it getting everybody off every day or is it getting off to school or is it getting everybody uh, to dinner, dinner ready, homework done and settle down or something entirely different? No, I think it's that. It's a second. It's getting everybody home, um, homework done while I'm trying to make dinner, while I'm answering 12 questions about whether they can have a snack before dinner. Um, and having all of that done by around six. So that way when my husband gets home, I try to leave as little for him to do in terms of, and he's a really, really helpful guy. He always jumps in and helps with laundry when he gets home from work. But I try to get homework done and dinner on the table by the time he gets home so he doesn't have to worry about helping with homework. Um, so that getting all of that done in a short period of time with five kids is, can be challenging. Yes, <laughs> That's where my, my, my patience is most tested. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I have started drinking again since yeah. school. Started, so. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, okay, I need a glass of wine tonight for this, this process of making dinner, <laughs> answering yes, questions. Exactly. Um, so in the last year, uh, have you um, come across any resources or developed any systems that have been particularly useful to you for managing this whole, um, this whole affair? Yes, <laughs> I have. You know, um, I do cook dinner every single night. We rarely eat out. On the weekends, we do this every once in a while. But with seven people, it gets expensive. And nobody likes the same things. And so um, I have developed a meal plan. I, I develop a meal plan every Sunday. And then I grocery shop for that, um, which I've outsourced. I have a company that does my grocery shopping and de delivers it to my door. Nice. It's the most glorious thing in the entire world. Is that um, a local program, or is that something that you is on? Well, I, I think they're rolling it out by state. It's called SHIPT, S-H-I-P-T, huh. I think. Um, and you basically, it's an app on your phone, and you load your grocery list, and then they go shopping for you, and then they just deliver it to your kitchen, and it's, a, it's really amazing. Um, <laughs> Sounds like it's, it. it is, because with seven people, I would leave the grocery store with two carts full, <laughs> literally two carts. Mm. And so... Being able to get rid of that has been amazing. Um, and so I shop for the week based on the meals that I'm going to make. And um, that has helped me really streamline dinner time where I'm not going, okay, I need to go figure it out. Because when it's two of us, I can throw two chicken breasts on the grill and be done with my life. With seven people, it, you've got to plan for volume and quantity. So that has really helped. I also really, from from a outsourcing, I mean, grocery, uh, grocery store shopping, I outsource. Um, I have a wonderful cleaning lady that helps keep the house clean every couple of weeks. And I also, what else do I outsource? Oh, and we had a, last year we had a nanny that helped drive the kids to school because with four different school schools, um, we, I couldn't be physically everywhere yeah. at the yeah. right time. And so we use her when we need when we need help too. So I have a ton of help, which is That's really great. really nice. <laughs> um, nice. Yes, I, it, it is nice. I don't know if I could do it without the help that I have. And it's so funny because when I first quit, I remember having lunch with friends from work, and they would say, "I can't believe you know you're staying at home and you have a nanny and you have a cleaning lady." And I felt so guilty at first. I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, like." 
I suck at my job. <laughs> like that is my job and I'm outsourcing it. But then I got rid of that guilt real quick. I said, you know what? You come raise five kids and let me know how you're doing. Yeah, exactly. So I got rid of the guilt really quickly and now I'm like, I embrace it. And you know what? I mean, if, if it's something that you guys can afford and it makes your life better, then who cares, you know? Exactly. I That's mean, where we're at. My husband's like, who cares what they think? Don't worry exactly. about it. It's like, I that know. is a good point. But, you know, I think that as moms, you take pride in like, okay, I'm going to clean the house and I'm going to cook yeah. meals and I'm going to pick the kids up. And that's kind of like your job when you stay home. Um, I had that kind of guilt at first, but now I'm like, I've let it go. I don't suffer from that kind of guilt. I would be <laughs> happy. To, I would be happy to let someone, if I could afford it, there would be someone in my house cleaning and cooking and doing right? my children's homework with them. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, I'm like, not thinking this job is going to, I'm going to have it pay for just like outsourcing everything. Yeah. See, I was meant to be. I don't like, want to do. I was meant to be like an Atlanta real housewife, not <laughs> not a real housewife. I know, not the real kind. <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh yeah, I hear you. So, um, what kind of things do you do then to take time for yourself and to make sure that you're? I mean, you've got a house cleaner. That's nice. <laughs> that that's very life. nice. But that's not really. That's not the same thing. No, it's funny because well, my husband would say, "Well, you get to go to the grocery store alone." I'm like. <laughs> Thing. That is not alone time. That is like <laughs> grocery shopping. Right. Um, no. Um, well, I I kind of mentioned earlier, my I was married at 21, had a baby at 23, and divorced at 24. Wow. So by the time by the time I was divorced, I, I was a single parent. My ex-husband, he and I had to have shared custody of our son since day one. Mm -hmm. um, so he has half the time and I have half the time. And so even okay. though it's not ideal and I miss my son when he's not with me. Um, you get used to having that time to yourself. And so I got really spoiled. I would have two nights a week without him and every other weekend. Mm -hmm. And so having that time made me a much better mom because I felt like I had that time to nurture like my interest or just do laundry or sit and watch 12 hours of law and order if I wanted to, <laughs> you know, and nobody was there to be like, mom, mom, you know. And so I became a much better mom. And so I really learned the value of that, of nurturing yourself and having time for yourself and how that really does improve your parenting. For me, it did at least. Um, now it's a little bit different because we, I don't have the two nights a week to myself. Right. Um, so it's a little bit harder to find that time. Um, when the kids are with their other parents, um, my husband and I have usually a weekend, like a Friday, Saturday, and they come home on Sunday. Um, and we go out to dinner or we will travel. So we try to make that time, um, for myself. I mean, I like kind of an OCD, so I might getting my nails done every couple of you know weeks is super important. <laughs> I go and get my nails done and take a book and read and kind of just relax. Um, I try to take cooking classes. I love to cook, so I take cooking classes. And um, on Mondays and Tuesdays when my son isn't here but uh, my husband's kids are here, I'll try to use those nights to go and kind of either go work out a night or go meet a friend for dinner or just do something that kind of gets me away from the house and all of that. And it does help. It helps me kind of like reset yeah. and come back with a little bit more patience and yeah. All that those, kind are of all, those are all good things to do. Oh, well, this has been fun. I'm yes, just getting to you. know a little bit more about you personally outside of just the professional stuff. So yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. So thanks for sharing this. And then uh, I, I want to make sure you have an opportunity to tell people where they can find you if they're interested in um, getting some stuff edited. 
Sure. Um, well, I have a website, housestyleediting.com, and you can also find me on Facebook. I don't know the address on Facebook, but if you just look at Facebook and do house style editing, that would be great. Social media, I'm learning it. I'm a late bloomer. I'm <laughs> Technically, I am a um, millennial, but I am a late bloomer to like podcasts and social media. <laughs> That's all right. I don't it know what happened. <laughs> Um, yeah, so you can find me on online or on Facebook. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. If you enjoyed today's show with our fantastic guest, Liz Thompson, please head on over and give us a great review on iTunes. Follow us on Stitcher and iTunes. And uh, we'd love it if you'd share our podcast with any moms out there that you think might love our podcast too. You can find all the show notes and any information that we talked about on the Lose the Cape website, which is losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 41. Have a great day.